Welcome to the Provost Perspective. My name is Patrick. This podcast is dedicated to the opinions, thoughts, and experiences of my wife, Carolyn, and I's journey through marriage, children, and life as a whole. While the topics we discuss may be varied, we will do our best to orbit around marriage, relationships, love, and family. Welcome again, and we hope you enjoy. Alrighty. So, uh, this evening, I thought we would talk about... Well, I'll put it in a little bit of context first, okay? So, <laughs> we talk a lot about like motivating each other to change and changing to be good for somebody and you know trying to make the best version of yourself so that you can, I guess, free up your partner to become the best version of themselves and hopefully inadvertently you know um, motivate them to become better. Right? As mm-hmm. you're in a relationship, the relationship should improve, improve, and you should improve alongside your relationship. Yes. Right. We've talked about a lot of that stuff before. So one thing I thought that's interesting, so in that list of uh, common relationship issues that lead to divorce, one thing they talk about is unrealistic expectations. And I'm assuming, not having read the full article, I just kind of pulled headlines because I wanted us to kind of formulate our own thoughts. I'm assuming when they're talking about unrealistic expectations, they're talking about I'm expecting my significant other to do something that I'm not willing to do myself, which we've right. touched on before, but I yes. guess we could go into a little bit more detail on yes. what that means and how we phrase it. Like uh, an example, it's an easy one off the shelf example is, I expect, actually we see it a lot in the dating world, right? Um, with women who expect their men to get six figures a year and have six pack abs and do nice all the car. chores around the house mm-hmm. and have a nice car and like take care of them and treat them like a queen where they're not willing to uphold those same standards of themselves, right? And we've talked about that before where the idea is that you should be what you want your significant other to be, right? If you're going to expect your significant other to uh, have a, you know, six pack abs and to have whatever, whatever, right? Then you should be, you should get your ass in the gym too, right? And get in there and do the work that you expect somebody else to do for you. So when does that become unrealistic, right? Like when, when are you asking somebody to do something that they really shouldn't be doing? I know. It's a tough one to chew on, but I, th- I think it's worth the conversation. Okay. You may have to start this one. Why? I Blank. So uh, I'll say, for example, like, oh, is it... Me. I think it's unrealistic to ask if I were staying at home, right? And I were at home and I didn't work mm-hmm. and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen to, uh, unfortunately the examples that I have paint women in a really poor light because it's <laughs> a lot of women who do it. Right. It so where they, they stay home all day. They, I will put, take care of the kids in air quotes. Right. Yeah. Um, and while their husband's at work all day long mm-hmm. and then he gets home and she's like, why uh, make me my dinner? clean up the house, right? Like she's expecting this man to slave after her hand and foot, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm sure it happens the other way around. I, I've got to believe it does, but I've never personally seen that. No, um, it's definitely in my experience been very prevalent in the uh, female realm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. my concern that is, so is I would say that that's an unrealistic expectation to have of somebody is that they're do, them to do something that you wouldn't. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think that a man can come home and say, hey, I'm not going to help you with my children now, even though you've been home with them all day. But, and that's a big but, like, there's no reason that means that you get to sit down on the couch and put your feet up while he now does absolutely everything for the next four or five hours yeah. by himself. So whether or not you worked all day at home and he worked all day somewhere else, you both worked. Yeah, but I think all that day. So I think that job at home now becomes joint, not one-sided. Mm, but I, I think that there's caveats there, right? Because mm -hmm. if I am at work all day and I'm dealing with my bosses, dealing with my coworkers, dealing with X, Y, and Z at work, right? Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to do is come home and do more work, especially when there's little to no evidence that you've done anything at home. Right? True. I'm saying in the event that that work has been done while that person's been right. gone. If you've oh, both genuinely yeah. been working all day, yeah, absolutely. I that agree. should be a joint effort. I completely agree that there should be a partnership and that, mm -hmm. that it should be shared duties. And the other person coming home from work, should it should be a uh, reinforcements call, right? Yes. But on the same note, like you can't have that person come home from work and then just dump the house on them and then fucking leave. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely not. Like there has to be balance there. Mm -hmm. So I guess where do you identify what's realistic and what's unrealistic? Is it individualistic? Is it, a, is it up to the individual person and couple to say, okay, that's an unrealistic expectation of me? Well, relationships are so varied. I feel like that's definitely got to play a part. Um, Man, this one's hard. I know. Um, I mean, I'd love to use us for an example in this, but our dichotomy is just so different. But it doesn't have to be, right? Like, we could use our relationship. I mean, we use our relationship as a model all the time. For everything. <laughs> right? Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't use our relationship as a model. Well, when you come home, I don't expect you to do anything. I don't. But in the event that the person who works all day, say, is the one who knows how to cook, <laughs> the other one doesn't, which can happen. Um, I see no problem with that one coming home. Okay, now I have to cook dinner, but I deserve to have a little time first or don't expect it to be right away or... I think, I think that, know. but I think at that point, like the communication has to be had, Absolutely. right? Is, yeah. okay, I understand you can't cook, you burn cookies in the microwave type of person, <laughs> right? I get that. And I'm at work all day and I come home and I, I understand that the expectation is that I have to cook because I have to cook, right? Right because I'm the only one that can cook. But that's what, upfront information. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. One, the other person, there's no reason why you can't learn Try how to, to learn. cook, Absolutely. right? Cooking's not that difficult. Like, it's not, it's really not. Once you start developing a palate for it, like practice with stuff, right? Like yeah. practice, right? Yeah. And learn how to make some simple things. Learn how to make some dishes and have that surprise. Now, if that, if that you agree that the person who works all day is also the person who's gonna cook, you know, I guess it's even worse if you both have, oh, there's a good, there's a good example of an unrealistic expectation. Mm. Hold on. Let me finish my thought before I move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. You know, if the expectation is that you are going to cook, then the person who is home all day and can't cook, they need to do something else. Yes. Right? Like whether it be prep, whether it be whatever, right? Right. Um, or, you know. You're going to go okay. to the store and you're going to make sure right. I have all so, the stuff that I okay, need. Okay, fine. You're, gonna... you're not going to cook, but I can't cook, so I'm, I'm not going to cook but it's my job to do the issues yes. or it's my job to make sure that the budget and bills get paid, right? I'll take yes. that load off of the breadwinner, so to speak, um, because they're taking the load of cooking off of my plate, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, how you stay home all day with children, if there are children, and you can't, and can't cook, cook anything? that's a rough thing to sell, right? I because, mean, like, how are you something? getting them breakfast? Yeah. How are you getting the kids lunch? How are you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, anyway, my point, uh, so what if we had a situation where both people are working, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have that conversation of, okay, who's going to cook, right? Because I've seen, I've seen relationships where, like, the resentment builds because uh, the well, man is, well, you're the wife, you should cook. Right? Well, she works all day too, and then she comes home, and then she has to cook dinner while he gets to sit up and put his feet up and have a beer. Like, that's not necessarily fair either, right? So that's a situation that's where you could easily say, "Okay, let's take turns. You have this night, I have this night, or let's cook together." If you have the conversations, mm -hmm. sure, you can find that middle ground. It's oftentimes people will avoid the conversation mm -hmm. for the sake of peace, I guess. Mm -hmm. But all you're doing is brewing the battlefield for a future war that's going to be. Horrendous, right? And again, we find ourselves back at uh, communication. Yeah, well, and I guess that's the thing is like, how do you manage unrealistic expectations? The same thing that you manage everything else with is you fucking talk to each other. Yes, right? please like, have conversation. Have that conversation and go, you know what? I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with that. Mm -hmm. I like this. I like that. And if you need to get a third person involved, there is no shame. None. In going to marriage counseling, no, it's none. a good idea. I think I think even people who don't healthy relationships should do it. Even people who don't have problems, yes. it wouldn't hurt no. to go to a marriage counselor and work some shit out, right? Everyone like can because even if it's a third party, like a third party gives you perspective. Now I will say, be careful, right? Because there are marriage counselors out there who, like, they're so jaded and cynical from yes. the shit they see every day yes. that they're going to inject a problem into the relationship that wasn't previously a problem. I've seen that happen where people who are you know, fairly functional, and they've got maybe got some small issues, but nothing major, they, but they're fairly functional relationship. They go to see a marriage counselor and they walk away from the counseling session like, our marriage is doomed, we're totally fucked, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, you see, need no, to we find... we didn't go see a marriage counselor. Well, we saw a just regular old-fashioned well, we went counselor. To, we originally went to him mm -hmm. for marriage counseling, mm -hmm. and then he told us, no, you don't need marriage counseling, you need individual counseling because you're both fucking crazy. Um, and he was right, obviously. Yeah, but he wasn't but. labeled as a marriage counselor. No, he was a, he's actually a uh, juvenile counselor. Mm -hmm. He works with children a lot. Yes. Which is good because we're both very we're immature. Yeah. Yeah. Giant children. Um, anyway, so in that instance, it could also benefit you to see somebody that's not technically labeled a marriage counselor. Yeah. Because um, realistically, they can all see you, but... You could avoid that jaded issue, per yeah. se. You know, this kind of bridges into another one, and I, I okay. was going to save it for a different conversation, but I like it in this one. Okay. Um, is a lack of appreciation. Mm, yeah, that does play. Um, and I think this plays a part into this conversation, right, mm -hmm. is when somebody does something for you, mm -hmm. you need to be appreciative of it, even yes. things that become routine. And this is something super special for us because it's yes. it's something we do find ourselves lacking on on occasion, right? Um, but I do try to make an effort to illustrate how much I do appreciate the things that you do for me and around the house, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I know there's times that this is a thankless job being a stay-at-home mom. Um, I mean, I see it from the outside looking in. Uh, and I know there's times when you feel that way, like we've had conversations where you're like, all I do is change fucking diapers or all I do is fucking dishes and all I ever do is laundry, right? Like mm -hmm. I've had those conversations with you and I feel like it's important, one, for the kids to see me do it and two, for me to actually do it is share my appreciation. So when you do things like bring me a cup of coffee or bring me lunch or make me lunch or make me dinner, 
I do try to go out of my way to say thank you and to appreciate you. And there's the days that pop up where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do this, right? Something I don't normally do, but it's something that's just, yeah, when you uh, it takes it off your plate, right? Or <laughs> randomly do the dishes or randomly decide <laughs> to... It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> randomly decide to cook dinner or, you know, decide to nuke the bathroom with cleaner and sponges, right? The, the cooking doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't, but... But uh, I, I do like it when you nuke a bathroom because I don't like. I'm bathroom. almost. I, I'm usually not here. <laughs> no. Long enough no. to like make it. Do much, make yeah. dinner, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, by the time I come home, most days that it's past dinner time or close up on dinner time at least. I. For some people, I I, I think they run into. Um, Things become a routine. habit of thanklessness. Yeah. Because of previous relationships, especially if they've been living relationships. So. What do you mean? I mean, you've got um, you've got women out there who are stay-at-home moms that uh, don't do anything all day. They're still in their pajamas when their husband gets home from work. They there's dishes filling up the sink. There's and and the speech that they get is just be lucky your kids are still alive, and don't give me any grief. Sorry, there's no food for you on the table. And I just, I don't find that acceptable. I've got four kids, and at one point, they were all under the age of, uh, what, seven? Yeah. And uh, that's a lot of diapers, that's a lot of food, and it's never acceptable. But because some men have been in relationships like that before, it's just become ingrained in them. A lot of my job, you can't see aside from no dishes being in the sink when you come home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless the house is like a mess. Um, so it's hard to know, okay, what did you do all day? And these men who've been jaded to that come home and they're like, well, what did you do all day? And because they're used to it and their new woman is most likely not like that, now there's, there's this stuff going on and it's hard to, besides word of mouth, prove that uh, I've been doing a lot all day. Well, and it's, it's, me and it starts it, it's hard to like, and I got to imagine sitting from the other side of the fence, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard not to get defensive and almost combative when mm-hmm. somebody comes home from work and you've been terror, being terrorized by children and mm-hmm. trying desperately to keep things clean as kids tra- trapeze through the house and break things and move things and shift things and spill things that you're like, and he comes home and he goes, what have you been doing all day? And or you're just you like, look like um, what the fuck did you do all day? Must be nice to be able to stay home all day and just play around and have right. fun. Right, and, and you're <laughs> just like, and you're just like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, I get that. I absolutely understand that. But also, there has to be effort the other way too, right? Like, mm-hmm. because I've I've seen it. I've genuinely oh, yeah. seen it where I walk into somebody's house where you have a stay at home, like, and, and maybe I'm just kind of broken because I've been blessed with you in my here. life <laughs> where if I come home and something's messy I'm like are you sick what is happened today wrong? is everything okay like did the kids did the kids get hurt or something like because it's weird yeah. to come home and there's things that are a mess you know um so I'm like okay well what the what is that uh, something must have happened right whereas I know that that's the norm for a lot, lot of people. guys yeah. uh well not just guys girls too but they come home and the house is a mess and there's laundry like I, I'm going to sound like a real pretentious douche here for a second, okay? <laughs> but it really bothers me when I walk into somebody's house and there's just stuff. Everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I get that sometimes it's hard to keep up, but come on. When you have someone that's home all day, though, well, and when you it's have, not. When you have... 
well, so here's, there's one of two problems. One, either mm -hmm. A, you're not actively trying to keep your house home. Because I know it can be difficult with children. It absolutely can. Time management. Or two, mm -hmm. you have too much stuff. Yes. Right? And I think that's a whole nother problem mm -hmm. with just American society in general is we just like to collect stuff. Yeah. Like, I know for a while there, we had bags and boxes of clothes just that our kids had things. clearly were never going to wear again. They had grown yeah. out of it. Like, why the fuck do we still have this? Because we kept having kids. So well, I was like, yeah, well, I might know, as well but... save it in case we have another one. <laughs> but it got to the point where it's like, okay, we're ti I'm tired of having this stuff. Like, yeah, let's get rid of it. Rid of and over the last, what, two, three years? Like, it's all gone. Yeah. Every couple of months, we go through the house and we purge. Like, we're like, okay, we're getting rid of this. We're getting rid of this. We're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of this. We're getting rid of that. It was tidy and organized and things were put away. It was, and it absolutely. Was clean. And I, it just, and I, and I hate to come across. Judgy? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I know everyone's different and everyone handles things different and does things differently. But I feel like women don't hold themselves to a high enough standard. And the hot mess mom has just become this trendy norm. thing. Yeah. And you should just be lucky your kids are still alive and you have no idea what I do all day. And, you know, my husband really does know exactly what I do all day. See, and he has seen me do it on the days that he is home. And but that's part of the problem. With this many children, if I can keep this house running, I feel like moms with one or two kids don't have an excuse unless they've well, got a kid with severe disabilities and yeah. they need assistance. If you don't, if you don't know, if you don't know what your significant other does all day. Yeah, that's a problem. You have a communication problem. Yes. Right? Because I do come home and yeah, we we have our, our safe zone, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the first 15 to 20 minutes when I first get home, it's just kind of, we just, it's general like light chatter. Um, but then eventually it's, it's time to unload, right? And go, okay, what, what happened today? How did everything go? Mm -hmm. And typically I get the highlight reel. Okay, well, you know, the youngest did this and the oldest did this and they did that and they did this. And... Mm -hmm. Luckily, over the last six to nine months or so, 69, um, I have been around a lot more, so I get to see a lot more. Um, so I don't really ever have those questions of what did you do all day, but mm -hmm. I, I can see where that question should come up. And yeah. for the person who's working, right, I'm using man as the example here um, because it fits our worldview, but if it doesn't apply for you in that context, you know, apply it however you need it. But the concept is still the same, right, which is my... If you're the one that's working all day and you come home and things are a mess or things aren't what they are, then a couple of things need to happen. One, you need to have an expectations conversation, right? right? Is what is it that you deem acceptable, okay? Right. What is it they're capable of doing? Mm -hmm. And how do you manage those two things together yes. so that you can both be happy and nobody feels underappreciated? Because what happens is if I'm working all day and I came home and the house was a fucking wreck and the kids are, a mani it are maniacs, it's just like, anxiety. one, it adds to stress levels, and two, it makes me feel like I'm, okay. Why am I working what all day while you're Yeah, I'm working all day and you get to chill out and hang out and it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I feel <laughs> my efforts of bringing home the bread, so to speak, right, mm -hmm. I feel underappreciated for Right, and if I come home and I'm, I start becoming a ta an attack, of, uh, attack, I become a person who's attacking you. I tried to make up a new word of attractive, but I know that's not a word. Yeah, no. um, uh, you know, I become, I go on the offensive, and I'm like, oh, what did you do all day? Right, mm -hmm. like one that puts you on the defensive, and two, it doesn't give you. Now, you're starting to feel a level of or a lack of appreciation right. for the work that you've done all day. So. Mm -hmm. How do you manage those expectations? Like, and what's the real fix here? And the answer truly is, always is... Communication. Communication. Like, mm -hmm. talk about it, right? Um, 
There's nothing wrong with setting boundaries and saying, hey, I need this from you, and in return, tell me what you need from me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, you absolutely need to have that conversation. And and say it like that, right? Is, look, I'm I'm feeling a certain way, Uh and I don't know how to get over it, and I I need your help, Mm -hmm. right? If you come into every conversation with a sense of, with a, from a position of humility and an Mm -hmm. openness to the conversation, very few, if any, people, unless of course there's there's pre-existing situations that have caused further right. strife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very few people are gonna be like, oh my, especially if it's somebody you care for, they're not gonna be like, I don't give a fuck what you need. Screw you, right? right. They're gonna they're gonna and be they more do, of like um, you're in the you have <laughs> you have longer problems, right? You have larger problems, um, but the conversation you will usually end up as. Oh my! I didn't know you felt that way. I didn't know you had those feelings. I didn't know you you had those opinions. Like, yeah, um, this is what I do, and this is what I'm going through. And it could even come like, but you have to be, you have to be humble. Mm-hmm. You have to be open. You have to be objective. You have to be honest. And you've got to you've got to come from a position of okay, I have a problem, and I need your help coming up with a solution. And that person's and there's all kinds of topics about how to broach those kind of conversations and difficult conversations. Because it's, be, it's gonna be a difficult conversation, especially if it's if you have a pattern that's been set for three or four years, or mm-hmm. five years, or six years, or fucking a decade, it. right? And you're right. like, okay, I'm, I wanna turn I a leaf, I wanna anymore. change this mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you have mm-hmm. to strive, right? Because one of the worst things I think a lot of people run into, especially divorced people, is they sit back afterwards and they go, what could I have done Right. differently because it's not like they don't love the person anymore it's just the the shit has piled up so much that they can't find a way to dig themselves out of it mm-hmm. um that's number one for most divorces number two the number two situation that pops up with a lot of divorces is they never laid the groundwork in the first place right um and neither of those are insurmountable odds you can get through them mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot of work and you're going to have to talk through it and work through it but it, it can be done, and, and mm-hmm. that all starts with the one thing we always and always, always talk about, which is mm-hmm. open and honest communication, and it's truly being open and truly being honest and going, I'm not okay, Absolutely. and this is why I'm not okay, and this is how we can work through it, and See, this is what ours, I think we should do. One of ours was kind of backwards, um, because in the what do you do all day kind of conversation, yeah. <clears throat> was uh, I felt guilty if I ever sat down to relax during the day. Yeah. So you would, uh, you were the person that had to stop me and give me the conversation. Okay, look, it's okay if you need to sit down, if you want to play a game, if you want to read a book, if you want to, just it's okay. You're yeah. not going to die, and I'm not going to be angry because I didn't want you to think that uh, I just sat around all day, and I didn't. But you know, I wasn't comfortable with. Okay, I've already done laundry and I've vacuumed and I've done dishes. Can I sit down yet? No, I probably shouldn't because he's probably not. You know. Yeah. And I had to stop running my day that way yeah well um, and you drove yourself into the fucking ground right like yeah, i was getting very damn scared. near had a, mm-hmm. a a breakdown at one point because yeah. you were just like go 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 and mm-hmm. it was seven days a week 365 days out of the year yeah. because you felt guilty for the fact that you weren't bringing any monetary value mm-hmm. into the house yeah. so instead we found you hobbies which you then found ways to make money making hobbies doing that yeah right but i'm still saying it's like you had to find i the trick was finding you a position to relax again right you're a rare breed like i don't know i know you don't believe me but i keep telling everybody i caught a unicorn um 
but for me, like, I'm a lazy turd. Like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't want to do anything when I come home. So the fact that I have somebody who's willing he's lying. To, he's a hard worker. to do all these things for me when I come home is great. Um, You're kind of spoiled. But one of the, the problems I run into all the time is that lack of appreciation, right? I don't, I, though I am appreciative almost every single day of what you do and how hard you work around the house, <laughs> I haven't always been good at showing that appreciation. Mm -hmm. um, so it is something I'm actively working at, getting better at. And it's something that um, I, I've never had a shadow of doubt in my brain of how appreciative you are of the things that I do. So for me, I've never felt that from the other side, right? I've never felt that lack of appreciation, but I know men who have, Yes. right? And they're usually married to the woman who feels like she had to give up something right. in order to be a mom, right? I didn't and because, give up a thing. And because she, but you did, you felt like that for a while. Mm -hmm. Right, women who feel like they had to give up something in order to become a mom and become a stay-at-home mom, like they felt like they've had to sacrifice far mm -hmm. more than the man has, and because of that, they build up a sense of resentment, which mm -hmm. causes, which creates unrealistic expectations of their significant other, and lack, and so then this, the man starts feeling like he's unappreciated, and you know, yada yada yada. Most of the time, that boils down to people talk two different languages. Men and women yes. talk two different languages, and they mm -hmm. live in two different worlds and two different mindsets. Um, because we're biologically, evolutionarily different. Yes. Um, so we think, okay. we think of the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it creates communication issues, which yada, yada, yada. It, it builds into the whole pile that we've been talking about for almost a year now. Yeah. Um, and it's just something you've got to work through. And if you're willing to put the work in and you're willing to develop it, you will end up with a relationship that is far greater than the two people involved. Mm -hmm. And will be some of the most rewarding, fulfilling, yeah. uh, and amazing times you'll ever have in your life. It's worth the work. Trust me, it is. Yeah. And um, now, if anyone was curious, I'm perfectly okay with uh, sitting down every now and then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, usually what she'll do is she'll put a video game on, like The Sims, and she'll play it for like 30 minutes and then feel guilty again and then, and then get, get up, up and she'll clean something else while her game's on pause and then she'll come back and she'll play another for 30 minutes and then she'll like feel, start feeling guilty again and then she'll get up yeah. and go clean something. Yeah. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Um, but yeah. I left a game on all day once just on pause and completely forgot I had turned it on and never played it and just <laughs> sat there. You've done that a handful of times. A lot. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do that a lot. <laughs> all right, anything else to add, lover? No, that's it. Just please talk to each other. And if you're not comfortable talking to each other, then we've got a bigger issue. Seek and help. we need to address that one. Seek help. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this week. Uh, again, if you're on Facebook, uh, be more than uh, we'd be more than happy to have you over at the Provost Perspective page. It's uh, facebook.com slash Provost Perspective. You can follow me or the Provost Perspective on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I am I-M-M-R-T-L Joker, J-K-R. Um, you can uh, send me a follow. Uh, I'll have to approve it, obviously. Um, but the Provost Perspective is a public page. You can join that at any point in time. Look for updates there. And again, as always, we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please feel free to reach out on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions on our next topic. See you next week.